0: Hello, it's been a while since I've done anything because I've sort of lost lost any anticipation that this would ever come to anything a little bit, uh, but you know, we'll keep going, we'll, we'll keep talking, we'll see how we go. All right, so really what we're talking about here is reality. Every philosopher, everyone, anywhere, has knowledge. And they have that, what they consider knowledge. And all this knowledge is, is fundamentally premised. It's fundamentally premised on, on tole- ontologies. Ontologies is the nature of our existence. What or who do we exist as? Okay, so... So the, the fundamental answers to this this question about the nature of our existence, it determines the authenticity of the knowledge that we possess. And the knowledge that we possess, although it's, you know, it's, it's got probabilities concerning to it and also protocols which govern it, like uh Basically, like the the protocols and the 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 fundamental premise requiring the probability to be justified is is what governs the authenticity of the knowledge, our scientific knowledge, our philosophical knowledge, okay, our mathematical knowledge even, and which is just premised on protocols, okay? And our scientific knowledge is premised on empirical sensory data. So it's not really ever going to be knowledge. It's it's always the known. Science is always going to be the known. And we should know this. And science knows this. And this is what science calls things theories. Science is not interested in absolute truth because Science is about doubt. It's, a, it's about applying a sceptical method. And scepticism is is a facet of thinking. It's it's one way we think, we can think. It's it's embracing a a doubt to doubt this, doubt that, and that is what science is. Okay. Science is not based on faith. Now faith alternatively is is still a very real part of, of our mental reality, okay? Faith is is a naive sense that we, we we don't understand this. We don't understand that naivety faith like is faith, but naivety is ultimately premised on this belief anything is possible if if anything is possible then you're allowed to be naive about anything because <coughs> there is no prob- There is there are probabilities but just somehow these probabilities can be overcome somehow there's this ultimate freedom somehow there is this this true premise anything is possible okay now when we say anything is possible, anything is possible according to some rationalism, according to some sort of hierarchical system, of which grants freedom and takes freedom away. You know, then that, that, to understand that situation, that that's an ethical drama, or it might just be a logical drama, or it might just be a scientific drama, whatever way we want to contextualize the problem the issue that we have, okay? So, so what we, we're dealing with all the time is context. And, and what what these contexts are, they're, they're relating to our ourselves, our, our experience in this world. And, and we don't only have this experience in the world, we have this experience of being a knower of the world which is known to us and this is the distance between ourselves and the world the environment and between that distance we apply knowledge we have a mind and now the mind is like a possession okay it's a possession that we we think is our brain or we think is some other thing that we have in our mind or it could be this language or it could be whatever okay so so really it's it's a matter of understanding the word mind to understand how the mind plays this this intermediate role between the world we we perceive with the senses and the knower of that world which is a, a basic fundamentally infinitely regressing drama in both directions in any direction including the mind so we Every way we look we're regressing to an absolute and an absolute is 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 a is a sort of a word absolutes words are absolutes words are just the words we use when we say the world is material uh, the world is is physical okay the world is is physical the word is physical the world is relative in the, in the in the sense that it can never the word physical has this meaning that that's eliminative okay it takes away its opposite when you when it's applied so as you use a word you you, you put a word in a reality you say this is the nature of reality the world is physical and as you put that word in you've got a mind that you're doing this with, okay? <coughs> now, a mind is by no means f- like something that you can ignore or something that you can, you know, you don't have to abide by. by a mind is, is, is working off protocol and the protocols are determining that you can't think this and you you can think that. But human beings are trying to make sense of this world and so they're, they're looking to their experiences, which they have, in a multifaceted drama okay and, and all the, the the theories of mind and the, what is a mind and what is a body and what is a soul and is there a God or is there a universe or is this an illusion are all just basically trying to understand this ontological drama that we have going on and what we don't really realize is is, the, is that all this is just a big play of mind and that play of mind is the play of this universe, this play of this field, and this field is the substrate by which we, we're manifesting our birth, our life, our death. Okay, it works in this cycle. It it come it's a coming and going because there is progression in it, and there's there's territory, and we can we can. See the structure. We can feel the structure of it, but but it's so the structure is just so universal that we we don't we don't perceive it. It's it's the structure of our life in its youth and its old age. It's the the progression of time, the past and the future, the the male and the female. Okay, the the soul and the body, or the God and the nature. All these words are expressing what we experience in directions of ourself in in the fact of our sentience and our senses and our sensibility which are the 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 fundamental monads the modality of of this material nature that we are trying to fathom And, and all manner of people are pursuing cause and effect trying to understand this and they get lost because ontologically they're they're progressing uh, backwards against an arrow with their intellect and they're trying to understand what caused this and and as they do so they're, they're they're going on a determined course, and that determined course is is where physics is going like and where, where the philosophers are going, where, where they've been where they are, where they can't go, where they, where they need to stop being philosophers, where they stop being scientists okay this, this is this is itself an intellectual territory I'm talking about so it has its structure. And really, what I'm trying to explain is the structure i'm trying to explain why and what even our thoughts are determined by this this mental structure and how we liberate ourselves from what's determining us. this is our ignorance this is our ignorance that's determining us that we don't know we don't understand this. We we think we're smart. We we think we know more than we do, but you see, human beings are like we're a work in progress. Let's say we we know that on this earth there's lost tribes, lost tribes of individuals who have been cut off from the the greater knowledge of the world, and really our history, uh, the history of conquest and the history of continents and the history of cultures and the history of domination and masters and slaves and exploitation really stems from this this innovation this this whole the, the greater part of humanity, the, the ability to share knowledge uh, which is you know geographically, arising in some sense and and directionally, north, south, east, west. But but in this sense it's this cradle of of culture and cradle of knowledge, which is essentially the Europe, Asia you know India, these these three big cultures, cultural monads which are together with the Islamic world all part of a a Asia, a great Asian continent, okay, so in in that continent there was was more competition, there was more conquest there was more need to keep up need to uh, not be isolated, well being isolated wasn't an option let's say Um, as alternative to the the highlands of New Guinea or the Amazon jungle or the, the uh, Congolese rainforest or the mountains here or the mountains there or the desert here or the desert there. Okay, so, so each um, human group really has its own sort of evolutionary cycle and we can see that if, if human beings are isolated, they, they tend not to, you know, grow their knowledge because they don't need to. There's no, there's no inspiration for a start. They can say, oh, look, that guy's got a, a, a camera. I want to have a camera, you know. It, it's not until we, we see this dramatically expressed when, when an undiscovered tribe, even in, there are still undiscovered tribes on this earth probably thousands hundreds of thousands possibly of people who have never had really contact with this modern world and we find that they they have no conception of these things that we we have conception of but but it's not to say that each human has done this each human being is is really just a product of an environment that that provides the knowledge that by which they can sort of build upon, and that, that happens via an education system. So, so without the without the sharing of knowledge, which is what we've revolutionised in, in our education systems within our um, printing presses and our computers and our um, you know prestigious methodologies our, our great methods our science or our theology or our philosophy or our mathematics like logic these systems are regulating this knowledge justifying it offering it prestige offering individuals certain prestige and the knowledge that they bring prestige by justifying it in various ways not just empirically not just scientifically okay and and as they do that becomes something which is worthy of educating to the next generation and the next generation takes that knowledge and then some certain individuals in that generation innovate and that innovation process is, is stubbornly sort of refused by the orthodoxy of the of the current paradigm but it offers a freedom and so some early adopter or some person adopts the the new knowledge and then that new knowledge delivers the freedom and then uh, humans comparatively looking at each other saying, oh, look, he's got more freedom than me. I want his freedom. I'll take, I'll copy him. I'll, I'll do what he's got. Now, this, hap- this is happening today all over the world. This is exactly what's happening all over the world because it's the Western world that has has made its regulated and and harnessed its knowledge better than the other cultures and we see the Asian um, the Asian cultures which are highly civilized cultures but uh, not too like not innovative as innovative as as they, they might have been, realizing they were left behind and then, and then it's with great vigor now trying to emulate this this Western model of knowledge, this Western idea or this Western principle this university, this science, this you know testing justification, like value the scientific knowledge value. Now they, they value mostly their scientific knowledge. Because they think that is the way to go. They they believe that there's no, mostly, in in Asian culture, they've sort of embraced science, but they haven't really got... and, And Western culture itself hasn't really understood what underwrites that and... And so, we're sort of in a scientific paradigm where results come and then we get, we see things, we, we, we see that, we taste the freedoms little bit by little bit. Anyway, so, so what I'm trying to say is, in some sense, this, this, uh, this world is still like a lost tribe. We're still, the, the Lost Tribe can't know outside its bubble. It, can't, it can only extend itself incrementally. It's not until the whole expresses all the variation and, and all the work gets done in amongst the millions that we, we have this <coughs> much more elaborate knowledge appearing and being sort of contained via... The written word essentially into a greater mind such that we can sort of build upon the knowledge we have without having to reinvent it everything every time but we as a whole earth are still just a lost tribe in this galactic drama who who knows nothing of what else there is other than what it can incrementally do now this is like Maybe a a tribe invents a new blow dart. Now, this in the Amazon, no one's in the Western world knew anything about blow darts, but the Amazonian Indians particularly mastered the art of making blow darts. It's an amazing hunting device for someone living in a rainforest. You can, with a little tiny dart, blow it through a tube and hit a monkey. The monkey will just drop out of the tree and you've instantly... You know, done something that's very, very difficult. Now, our human knowledge, as we are exploring it, is is a little bit like this, okay? As a planet, okay. Even the even all the advances that we think we, we're making, all the, all the amazing advances we think we're making, we think they're they're great and grand, but yet we're in the same bubble as that lost tribe in a planetary sense, and we know not what of the other, what of the, the rest of the galaxy, let's say. Now, if an alien culture, for instance, came to Earth, it would be much like an explorer coming to the the depths of the jungle and finding a lost tribe. And, and we would be just as amazed and just as primitive, perhaps, as they are. In, in, in the in a, in a comparative sense, because the, the evolution of a, of a sort of a shared knowledge may well be occurring in some p- part of this universal drama, or it may not be. We don't know, we're speculating about that, but if someone was to make their way here, they will obviously overcome the problems of travelling at the speed of light or travelling the immense distances required. And so they'd be far advanced from us, and we would we would necessarily be behind them because they found us and we didn't find them. And this is what happens: the explorers they find the lost tribes, The lost tribes don't find the explorers. Okay, so the 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 thing is that when we go about understanding reality, when we're talking about these things, like what I'm saying is. We are in a bubble, and we don't realize what's to come. We we can't escape this this the paradigm that is prevailing. Very few people, in fact, can see out of the paradigm that they're in. And those ones that do, they're the innovators who then change that paradigm with early adopters, and then it's integrated, usually with some great advantage that is. Uh, like hoarded or protected for for a time until eventually it's, you know, shared all over the world and this is what's happening even now and it still happens with artificial intelligence or telephones or mobile phones or computers or, uh, you know, chip technologies, all this sort of thing Now, we, in our bubble of humans, human beings only understand a certain amount we, we we sort of have a prediction an incremental little prediction that we we make about the future, given what we know now if you're in a tribe in the amazon you'd be you'd be making a prediction that well you know like there's going to be new skirt new grass skirt coming out there's going to be better blow darts there's going to be you know someone's going to come up with a with a better bow and arrow, because that seems like what is going to come along. Okay, but but we don't necessarily. The the tribe can't say to you that that there's going to be a a mobile phone. There's going to be a an electric car. They have no concept of an electric car. They have no concept of a phone. They don't understand that you can talk between radio towers, you can invisibly send images, you can record your voice. They don't understand all these things. And so too with us. We are in our paradigm, we, we don't consider it to be, but this is ignorance. It's that it's that ignorance doesn't allow it's like a universal break. It you don't know what you don't know. You can't know of what you're ignorant of. It it takes some sort of inspiration and that inspiration is coming in a human sense just incrementally as various uh genius or various inventor or various uh like prodigy whomever uh, and and religious personalities okay who are geniuses and prodigies of, of of a higher order of a different order who whom are displaying this great degree of freedom which is much like the um, the pith helmet explorer coming to the lost tribe and saying look at me i've got a knife i've got a mirror see the the, the religious personality is is like that he is a he's exceptionally rare though he's is rare in the, and and not understood he, he's beyond the conception of the mortal man that the the, the, the mundane conceptions of humans generally, okay we can understand that we can understand that in in a sense of degrees of freedom, in an ethics, in an ethos, but yet we don't understand the whole universal drama that we're dealing with because what is reality? Is there a God? Is there a reality? What's the nature of this field? okay so so what I'm trying to say here is that I'm here with a pith helmet on because I'm coming with a, with something that's come via this religious. It's like an alien knowledge. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a greater knowledge. It's a, it's an innovation. Okay. It's purely innovative, but it's also ancient and it's also true. And it's also justified. It's, it's fitting in, it's becoming the science. It's becoming the philosophy. It's becoming the religion because it is. It's just authentic. It, it it fills all those those requirements. And to you, however, it's it's a fanciful, notional drama that you 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 don't see that. You don't sense it the way I sense it. You don't understand the nature of this what's occurring because you have no reason to you have no prestige to afford me no no justification really because I haven't justified these things I'm I'm just trying to explain them that I could but I'm saying to you, you I'm not saying to you to believe me I'm saying to you take some time to understand why i'm talking the way I, i'm so am so, sure i'm s- of this and, and what i'm talking about and and know that that this is what's coming this is this is anyway what's coming even without me it's just that it's coming slowly it, it's 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 like we've reached a roadblock in our knowledge it's 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 a difficult drama to unravel and uh we don't value this uh we don't think that the future of human knowledge is like in philosophical reasoning but we we should because we don't we we don't understand that actually that's what artificial intelligence is that's what artificial intelligence is is really it's but it's not it's not it is it protocol based okay but it those protocols are just machine learning algorithms at the moment mostly we haven't got a a fundamental set of protocols that we can apply to it because we don't know of reality we don't know about we've got the laws of science we've got this we've got that we've got everything that humans have said and, and so that artificial intelligence is no is also lost in the is in the lost tribe it's 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 able to use everything that the lost tribe of earthlings have, but it can't. It can only, you know, make predictions by probabilities and, and, and just pure data analysis and etc. etc. It can't come up with the new paradigm. It, it it's it is the new paradigm in some some regard, but it won't be able to creatively do these things. This this is going to require beings. And it's really going to require more than... There are other reasons why knowledge, you know, like philosophers, you know, are destroyed. Philosophers are destroyed, you know, in long dramas, long cycles. It's seekers of knowledge, you know. The seekers of knowledge, they gain their knowledge, they get the freedom, then what? It becomes a question of what do you do now if you're if you're bound into your your material desires your 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 worldly sense of the world as a, as a seeker of knowledge you, you'll attain all the things you want you'll get all the fr- worldly freedom that you wish but you, yet you won't necessarily have the restraint and the and the the, the possessor of knowledge. Is is therefore bound to rise and fall, bound to be to destroy himself, him, particularly well, but like very well. Like there's, there's a, hardly a better means of destroying yourself, even though we th- we value this knowledge so greatly, we think it's so wonderful. It's it's not in itself any sort of saviour for us. Be- we have to know this. Otherwise, because this is exact. it's not just a, a, a situation for one individual that we've got now, because it's the whole earth, the whole planet, us. We are that seeker of knowledge. The earthlings are seeking the knowledge. They've gained the great knowledge. And they are so bound and so worldly and so desirous of material pleasures and so ignorant in some regard of, spiritual reality, that they're investing those freedoms. And those freedoms are investing and and, and they're just essentially a predictive means of destroying ourselves. So, so this is why knowledge is a two-edged sword. And this is why it's difficult to generate a philosopher like me in some sense. Now, there's a reason why I'm here because I was very close, very, very close. But still, I shouldn't be here, okay? So this is sort of like an intervention. This is the Lord intervening to, to just give me a little extra shot at it before the burden of all the... Because to even be a knowledge you still need this passion. And this passion is the problem. It's desire, okay? it's It's not as if desire is going to lead you to endless eternal, eternal freedom <coughs> desire will lead you to you know rise and fall rise and fall rise and fall but it's the renunciation of this world that is really far more the the uh the real means by which we we overcome this rising and falling but but the the renunciation is aloof it's devoid of interest and therefore why what interest in this extensive knowledge what why interest in this philosophy philosophical knowledge okay so so I'd say I'm a rare creation in this even though this everyone's a philosopher everyone who uses language is a philosopher but it's just it's hard to make one. It's hard to create a philosopher. It's far easier to make scientists. Okay, uh, and so you know when you when you go about uh, speculating philosophically and being ex- people accepting your your reasoning and believing you, you also are bound into a cause and effect by which you're influencing others either to heaven or hell, perhaps, and if. The, your error the degree of error that you have ultimately undermines you undermines you because you've lead you've led people astray you you've thought you were really smart but you weren't quite so smart and now look bang because all the suffering you cause is all bound into this big karmic game okay this game of cause and effect that is not just a physical, not just a mental it's it's all matter of there is no End to that. There is no end to that cause and effect. There is no nothing that that is not known to to higher and higher orders of, of which we we don't appreciate. We don't think that our thoughts, our our innermost aspirations, are measurable. But we are weighed and measured. Every every one of us, and and we have no means of of avoiding that or or, or of hiding. Even though we think we we are hiding. We're hiding we're hiding in in this manifestation that we we feel where no one can see our innermost aspirations. Yet they do. And yet the more intelligent someone is, the more able they are to understand other the others. Okay, so so just like we can predict how a tree might grow or how a how a sheep might behave or how a cow might behave to some degree because they they respond in certain ways so to higher orders of beings even the intelligent beings amongst us predict how we will behave and that is essentially the 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 crux of control that is you know human society that that very intelligent people, like the intelligence agencies, which epitomize this 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 determination to understand us such as we can be controlled they they 're doing that because they they're, they're trying to be intelligent and they are intelligent in fact the people that are employed by all these intelligence agencies and the the people. Who are most coveted by these governments and stuff are the ultra intelligent the creative thinkers or, or of some degree okay now whether or not because of what they are they that the intelligent people are willing to to be used for this purpose is another matter so we, we have a sieve of some sort but that's what it that's how it all gels together and you're trying to work it all out you're a you're a living entity with decisions to make you've got a you know you've got an existential drama and you want to know whether to invest in in what sort of game you're playing are you playing a short-term game here is it just a a primitive mundane physical brutal experience where all is lost at the end of it or is it a an ongoing ethical drama which is what the religions all tell us it is okay um, and so so you have a a concept of it and you're you're required to and you will and you do we all do we we make our decisions based on what how we conceive of cause and effect how we conceive of the things we're doing in the and the reactions that they'll have but we don't understand that we don't really understand that so we make we're making errors of course we, we we're failing to realize that things are measured that that we're the suffering we're causing we're, we're not paying close attention to that and and even if we do pay close attention to that we, we're still making errors because some of our solutions aren't necessarily as adequate as others. And we think we're really smart and we're not quite as smart as we even religiously. Okay, so so it's a it's a it's a game that we, we could consider a great game of cause and effect, like a karmic, a karmic field, a field by which all our actions are measured and everything's measured in in some grand, with some grand schema. Now, I'll explain that schema to you, and if you wish, that that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to explain that. But it sounds to you like, oh, this is just another religious idiot Waffling on about this or waffling on about that. Yes, yeah, so this is true. I am, I am, and 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 so it should be that you need to know these things. That these these ultimate realities, these scriptural truths, this this Vedic knowledge, this religious knowledge, this Christian Islamic knowledge is all part of a of a matrix of sorts with various accesses and various insights to to reality and your ability to grasp it and the reason why you want to because I mean the reason why you're here turns out to be more important than than you think. Okay. It's not so much as it's just I'll know this, I'll know that. Why? Why do you want to know this? Okay, so you have to devote yourself to some, to the more noble, the more, the highest, the most beautiful, and the most beneficial for us all. In the same sense as that that every cell in your body is devoting itself to you. Because we are just those cells in that body. And and, And we're just here on this earth and these this planet and these all these beings who are so lost in ignorance really okay they are they're so lost that that, that the world is is not enlightened it is so not enlightened it is struggling and feeling like it's got things worked out at every stage, it has a little bit of religion here and a little bit of religion there and a bit of science here and it thinks it's great and it's so smart with the science and the next thing is going to create this black hole and that'll be great don't worry it won't hurt anyone or whatever, this artificial intelligence and all these things that it does but it isn't it isn't, it's just working on a trial and error in in a great game that it it knows not what it's doing. And until it does, we're all in danger. And and, and all manner of suffering will, will lead us will, will come our way. Now as it comes our way, we've we're a generation. We we're, we're a generation who's going to bear a responsibility for this. And we may think we're excluded from suffering, we're excluded from cause and effect, but we're not, we will be the, we will be the next generation, we'll be the generation to bear the burden of the things that we agreed to, because we can't agree to everything of this world, and we, and we think we can. We We've given ourselves more and more room, more and more leeway, more and more, freedoms, and we think we're giving freedom, we, we, we're we offering freedom, we, we go like, you, you can we, we call this question of it's a slippery slope we've got a, a freedom that this person wants, this person wants, this person wants, they want to do this, they want to do that but other, it causes some sort of suffering, some sort of decline, some sort of degradation a moral Sort of nibbling away at our and our fundamental goodness of of a community which is renunciation based really this 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 current era is not a scientifically generated era. it seems to be it seems like science has has granted us this. This great freedom we've got now. But this is an explosion of knowledge. We're, we're in a quickening of knowledge here, but the the actual foundations for it are born in religion. It's the cultural religious austerities, the the piousness of these communities, the the pious, hardworking, and you know austere generations have preceded us that laid out the foundations for this this explosion of freedom that we now enjoy we are simply the recipients of what's taken thousands of years to generate and each time you know the decadence or whatever that came equals a downfall in time and this this brutality, you know, whatever it is. So we are simply another cycle of that. Our cultures, whether they be brutal or decadent, they fall down via that means too. Now, we have to know this. We have to understand this to to civilize ourselves effectively. We have to agree upon these protocols. And really, there is a great deal of freedom for us even though religion seems to well, religion really doesn't uh it regulates the the living the the crap out of us it it regulates and regulates and regulates until people just cannot be any more regulated uh and it does so under the great idea of religion now this this is true and it's impressive it's it's something that we we resist as individuals, we resist as freedom seekers, as free thinkers, let's say. And it's it's not necessarily a reasoned uh, regulation always. Ultimately, a lot of it is is reasoned out very well. In, you know, cause and effect drama and the whole drama of this and that, but but it's still a structure that is in place because we don't know. We follow blindly this this uh, regulation. Yeah, I'm not here to take the reg to to say no regulation. There is no regulation, There should be no. We should be anarchist or, or whatever. I'm, I'm I'm saying yeah. Well, we need to understand that we need to regulate ourselves. See, because any external regulation is is really just something that's imposed upon us because we haven't got it already we we can regulate ourselves however and and I am not you know super regulated myself I'm not overly regulated i'm I am a little bit okay but but it it's not as if God's going, this is the rules, and rah rah rah. The rule is love. The rule is just love. There's a reason for regulation. It's a, it's a good reason. It's a, it's a good goodness reason. It's a, it's an, a moving away from us suffering, a moving away from the things that are bound to cause pain. Because that is what renunciation is renunciation is, is renouncing everything because you're eternal. And nothing can take that away, except what you're attached to, what you're manifesting, what you want, which seems, to, which manifests this, this temporality, this cause and effect, this birth and this death, this coming, this going. And so that's the spiritual principle. And and yet, and yet, there's something cold about that. There's something cold in that, that pure renunciation, that not this, not this, not that, not that. To nothing to the void to nothingness to the pure idealism okay yeah now when i'm talking about that okay i'm, I'm talking in a duality i'm, I'm explaining the, this duality this duality of heaven and earth and hell below us or hell possible here on earth, the suffering on the earth is, is horrendous okay, and the I mean the the liberation of heaven is astounding in the same way that these dualities are forming and we, we're going through cycles which are polar in, in the same way we go through a cycle of day and night, there's everything opposite about a day and a night, okay? And there's everything opposite about a material manifestation and a and a spiritual progression. But yet we are the progression. We are on the progression. We're we're the wayfarers, and we we're being. We're being pulled along in this great cycle, which is samsara, okay? Which is a great cycle, and we can feel that. Now, that's a current, Now, if you, and, and it's time itself. And, and as, we, we f, as we feel this time move by and these changes occurring, what we're, we're feeling is these, these great modes as we pass them in this great cycle. Again and again, and and when we're young, we're, we're, we're under, we we're we're sitting in a modality, and when we're old, there's another modality. Okay, that is territory. That's what we can understand. The difference between young and old is to understand these two modes, which is how we understand what a material manifestation where with birth behind us and death ahead of us is like and it's that it's that drama and, and the the structure of it the fact that we can we we know what it's like to be young we know what it's like to be old and we know where we are somewhere in the middle of that always we we're always in this moment with a certain degree of past and a certain degree of future With our for our body has a certain it comes with a future and it leaves with a past. Okay, so so we know what a youth is. We know how youth is. These the this is the this is this mode. To understand that mode is to understand passion, and we know what old age is. To understand that is to understand ignorance. It's to understand a red and a black. To understand these is to understand science. And philosophy, if you like, because th- these modes are playing out geometrically, you see because young is not old, they can't be the same yet they 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 don't have any separating them necessarily you see they they have to somehow be part of a whole, so therefore they make territory, and that territory makes a geometry because the 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 words themselves are rationally resisting each other, and that is what a geometry is. A geometry is two points that can't be the same point, and that if you if you're at one, you eliminate the other. If you're at the north, you eliminate the south. If you're at your head, you eliminate your feet, and and so to all these ideas, all these words we have, we hold them, we we understand them, we know them, we make sense with this, okay? That is the fundamental... Uh, that's, the, that's the way we, we, we build some sort of sense of, of a geometry of mind because it is our mind that has already a geometry of, a, of sense to it, such as hot can't be cold or top can't be bottom or left can't be right or male can't be female or etc such as that we we say one is not the other and that is the essence of 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 a mind. The logic of a mind the mind is to say if a not not a if and if if it is that it can't be its opposite. And so we are finding ourselves within the this great cycle which is in, in essence rational, which makes it extremely easy to understand because that is the only thing that we can understand with a mind. And and the fact that we can't understand it is is really just we just sort of think we're outsmarting ourselves all the time. We 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 lost in, in some sort of prestige that we we afford something, in some sort of disregard we we place to some other thing, and as we do that, depending on on what it is which we're affording our prestige to, we we tend to become you know, deluded by it because we are even then pursuing one thing at the expense of another. Right so. I've just talked for 52 minutes, but I'm just going to explain to you that reality then, reality is all the things people say, all the words they use to say about anything, is, is some sense of this, the same geometrical understanding, this ontological sense of what is the nature of my existence is a question of a mind trying to put the pin in a geometry and say that's the truth there, bing. And when it does that, okay, because as it sort of says something, it's by the nature of language, which is sort of dramatic and extreme, it becomes this, ideal thing that we've never really experienced other than a relative degree of hot or cold or soul or body okay we 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 take it we say it's body or it's physical or it's spiritual or it's ideal or it's this or it's that okay now as we do we take away its ontological reality from its obverse and as we do that we we understand something this way. We're forced to understand this idealism naively. We, we're forced to move in this idealism with a naivety. That is the nature of it. And we, we're forced to move into this physicality with a scepticism. That is the nature of it. That is the nature of science. And that is the nature of religion. That is the nature. And this sense I'm trying to make is this rationalism, okay, which is... Really, what I'm doing here is is this pure rationalism applied to this, so all the people with the words that telling you about reality, telling you the nature of reality are really just in a in a drama, and that when they when they're trying to put their pin, they're trying to point their finger at a reality there. They're telling you something they haven't experienced in isolation. They're trying to dramatize life a little bit and take the relativity out of it because of their rationalism. that can't abide by these two opposing ideas existing simultaneously. And that is what... A mind does. A mind prohibits. A mind can't make sense of that. A mind can make sense of it being hot, or make sense of it being cold. But when it's hot and cold at the same time, there it finds itself confused. Now, there are are ways to understand this. There are ways to actually precisely understand yourself. In the same way as that you can be in a room, you can be out of a room, right? Now, if you, those words in and out, they're giving you a general idea of where you are. You don't know how far out of the room or how far in the room you are, but you're in or out. But if I was to say you're in and out of the room, that doesn't just necessarily mean you don't have predictions. You don't have coordinates. You do have coordinates. If you're in and out of the room, you're exactly at this point. You're exactly at a point in the doorway of the room. And so we don't need to think that irrationalism doesn't give us a coordinate. It does give us a coordinate. It's working with these coordinates that we can use the paradoxes to understand how the territories... Uh, the, the paradoxes are what exists as the territories are traversed. Every time there's a territory, there's a paradox of an obverse territory that is, is a point by which that territory is traversed. Now this is what a philosopher understands to be real. These are the points that these are the lines that a, a philosopher this philosopher understands to be real, they're, they're realizations of of, rat, of of a pure rationalist uh, and essentially all these pure rationalists all through history, they're really just talking about this going, but this duality man there can't not be this see a philosopher is always going to be a dualist, he's going to say, this. he may well, depending on it, on how good a, a philosopher is okay, so I'm trying to give you this duality, but I'm not I'm not only a philosopher. See, I'm undescribable. I'm a, I'm a realist. I I can't fit into any of these word game names because I'm always bouncing them off against each other. I I can't find a place to. I don't fit as a. As a, even as a philosopher, although that, that's how I'm communicating to you. So I'm just a realist. I'm in the middle of all this, trying as it would, because you are in the middle of this. You this is where you are. This is what you're looking out upon now. As you look in this direction, that direction, this earth, these conditions, it's hot and cold. Everything about you. It's all these. These are all just philosophers' lines colliding, and you're here. At, at, at these intersecting lines and and every description of yourself is is that it's it's a part of where you're in a in a giant matrix a a, a field of knowledge bound by rationalism bound by its foundationalism that is is what how this field is Contain somehow. However, you could contain something. You, you know, how do you contain the whole? How do you, How can you contain a mind? How do you contain possibility? That is what it is. To, that that whatever we think we can do, these obstacles, the, this the absolute nature of this truth is is beyond it. It's beyond even our our soul's journey yeah. out